1: Welcome to episode 43 of the Women's Running podcast. I'm Esther Newman, editor of Women's Running, and in this episode I speak to Becca Burns, otherwise known as This Bunny Runs. Becca is an ASICS frontrunner and an all-round running ambassador. I first met Becca way back in 2019 at RunFit in Liverpool, but everything has changed since then, including all the things she loves. Back then, she was an ardent road runner and was just about to take on the Liverpool Marathon. Shortly after I spoke to her there, however, she made the move into diversifying her sporting loves, embracing both trail running and triathlon with her trademark enthusiasm. She talks to me here about her giant bunny, not a euphemism, and how she fell in love with running twice. She talks about how her motivations have changed, how she got into cycling and then into triathlon. And she discusses her nail-biting attempt to nab a sub four-hour marathon time. She also tells me how she made the move from road to trail. I love her quote here. If you think running is good, trail is next level. I also ask her to persuade me, the coldest woman in the world, TM, to take up cold water swimming, something that so far eludes me. Apparently, it's all about the hot chocolate afterwards. What Becca does best is to joyfully celebrate what her body is capable of and in turn encourage us to do the same. What an awesome woman. You should totally become a member of Women's Running. For one thing, podcast listeners can claim the best discount we have for membership to Women's Running, which is 35% off. That's less than two ninety-five a month. And for that, you get our brilliant magazine, and you also get loads of money off the sorts of stuff you love, like Brilliant Kit, nutrition, and class memberships. And more than that, you'll be one of us, which is priceless. Enter wrpod at shop.womensrunning.co.uk for your brilliant discount. Come and join Women's Running. We'd love to have you with us. So the last time I saw you was Liverpool, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. And um, I can't even so
2: remember where that was. I think that that was 2019. <gasps> yeah, so it feels like a long time ago, like the world before uh, COVID.
1: Yeah, Are you? so you were probably just about to do, were you going to do the Liverpool marathon? I think, yeah, so marathon. I'd just
2: come off the back of Manchester um, and I was doing Liverpool, so I didn't really have a goal. I just wanted to finish. Um, and all my family had come to watch as well, which was really nice. Uh, when I say all, I mean basically my mum, my dad and my boyfriend because I'm an only one, so we don't really have a big family, <laughs>
1: And that that was really nice, so that was for um oh uh, what was the name of the little Oh Runfit. Runfit, that's right. Yeah. yeah. So it was for that and we had a little chat, didn't we, about um about you and your running. I'd never met you before. And I was quite new to the job as well, actually, to be honest, I think. So it was a bit like okay what about what am I supposed to do here what am I supposed to ask you um and you were a very kind interviewee which is one of the reasons I wanted to get you back on the podcast like I know you're nice and you can talk about running um and I can just talk in general you can just talk about yeah and you can talk about rabbits too which was always you know that was a nice thing too and I've been really enjoying the because you do have like an enormous rabbit am I right yeah I have a gigantic house bunny who she's not like a giant breed or
2: anything um I got her from the like I got her as a tiny baby and um the first thing I noticed when I brought her home was she had these really big feet and I thought oh gosh she's gonna um grow into those isn't she and now she's just this massive squishy thing um that just lives in our flat with us but she's she's absolutely loved the last year and a bit of me working from home she's so used to us both being here now
0: um
2: and she gets to because when when we're in she she just roams freely around kind of like the living room space Um, Mm and we've got wood floors and she just runs around and um when we're out she has to go into like a cage because I do not trust her she's she's eaten a lot of wires um Mm -hmm. I don't trust her not to like chew into the sofa and like make her own like nest or something (laughs) and um yeah, so she's been out quite a lot while we've been working. She's interrupted a few work calls. There was one where she decided to destroy a cardboard box I'd left out halfway through, <laughs> um, and someone was like, "What's all that background noise? It sounds like someone putting cutlery in the drawer." And I was like, "Yes, yes, it's my other half putting of in the drawer." I was like, looking at the rabbit that's dragging this box across the living room. <laughs>
1: But it adds interest to a a kind of work call, doesn't it? Because I, I mean, I've I've constantly like with the um because I've got kids, I've constantly interrupted by you know little children coming in and asking me about spellings or whatever.
2: We all (laughs) laughed. We all laughed at that guy whose kids walked in during the BBC call, and we have all now lived his life.
1: (laughs) I know. At the time, it was like, oh my goodness, me, you know, there, but for the grace of God or whatever. And now it's like, no, that happens all the time. That's just yeah, just
2: (laughs) yeah. Yeah, we we did have um. We do have a few calls where we all like get our pets and, and show our pets to each other. So she's been on a oh. few team calls. We've had cats, we've had dogs, we've had a few kids, we've had my rabbit, we had someone's um goldfish
1: oh. one time as well. <laughs> so, I think that's yeah, we've, we've all... had a lot more pets in our company. Like there's been a couple of puppies and a cat, I think, over over lockdown. So the kind of proliferation and I of I pets.
2: apologize for them when they interrupt, they're like when their cat like walks across the keyboard, they're like, Oh, I'm really sorry, and I'm like, I'm not no. sure. cat. Can I meet them?
0: What are they called? <laughs> <laughs> I Tell <know>. me
1: more. <laughs> yeah I'm not even like a couple of people have had have got dogs I'm not a dog person but then as soon as you see a little face on screen it's like oh go on pick him up have a look
2: <laughs> I am
1: um, one colleague you could hear
2: she had a new puppy you could hear him cry in the background and I just I love dogs I'm such a dog person and um it was obviously I was like I was like, "Is everything okay? Is that, is that a dog?" <laughs> and she's like, "Yeah." And like, "Can I see?" <laughs> yeah, it just makes my it absolutely makes my day. I know, like in London, when like a dog gets on the tube, everyone's always like, "Oh, a dog," kind of thing. And now it's like
1: on Zoom, it's like, "Oh, a pet." Yeah. Oh, really anything, exciting. anything to kind of just punctuate the tedium of Zoom calls, isn't it? Really, and a, a yeah, little cute, yeah. a little cute animal goes a long way, and particularly your, your bunny. Uh what's her name by the way? Poppy. Poppy. Poppy yeah. Oh, well, that's cute. So we I remember talking to you about that but we we were also talking about so way back then I was asking you about how you got into running and and how you kind of went from sort of no running at all to running a marathon. Um so would it be okay if we spoke about that now for like anyone yeah, else that yeah. wasn't there at that time? Um
2: so in terms of getting into running for me there's sort of been it's happened twice and it's happened twice for very different reasons mm. um so originally I got into running at university to lose weight and I'll be very open about that I was overweight and I didn't feel good um and that was kind of the biggest factor for me was it, it it didn't matter what, what the scale said on my jeans, that it, it's mentally, I, I just didn't feel good in myself. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to start exercising. I joined a gym and then the gym closed and I couldn't afford um the other gym in, in the student city. And um, I just started running up and down the canal. I had a pair of running shoes and I didn't have a garment or anything like that. I didn't really know anything about running. I just... Each day I went out, I ran the same loop. And sometimes I noticed it took me 45 minutes. Sometimes it took me like 30 something. And I just put the same playlist on and just see how far I got through each time. And it was really kind of therapeutic as well, just having that routine. And and all the time I just felt better. I even went out in the rain and stuff. And it just kind of shocks me because it's really alien to like what I do now. I didn't look at stats. I didn't care about anything. I just was very like in the moment yeah. and just repetitive all the time it was a, a bit of a habit and then um when i left university and i started working i could pay for the gym again so i went back to the gym and i kind of left running behind really because it wasn't something i kind of felt very like emotionally invested in it was just something that i i did to be moving and it was for me i enjoyed the idea of moving more than i enjoyed the idea of actually doing one specific sport and mm-hmm. um, so i just went to the gym went to zumba went to crossfit those kind of things
0: mm-hmm. and
2: then um in 2016, I ended up going back to running because basically what happened was I was in the family year of my PhD, which is pr- pretty stressful enough anyway. Um, I just started working part time as well because my funding ran out and um, my aunt died very suddenly. And then a few weeks after our family horse we'd had for years and years and years died as well. And um, that was probably the strangest thing for me was usually I was having a horse is kind of like a habit it's you're up every single morning that's all I'd known like my whole life basically and mm-hmm. um I was just like I need a new hobby really because I was still waking up really early like way earlier than any of my friends like I mm-hmm. used to be up at kind of like half five six o'clockish to to sort them out before school and everything so I was in that habit of kind of having that routine in my life and um I just got up one Saturday and I autopiloted to the stables got there and was like oh, what am I doing here um, like, this isn't my life anymore kind of thing. And I just remembered like thinking, oh, I don't really want to be like on my own on Saturday mornings really. Like my other half, um, he lived and worked down in London at the time I was up in um, the Northwest, still finishing my PhD at Lancaster. Mm. And um, so there's a lot of weekends I spent kind of time on my own, um, but particularly in the mornings because normally when you meet people, you make plans in the afternoon. So I was like, oh, I don't think that's doing. And then I remember a friend saying, oh, there's a park run um in Avonham Park and it's free and I didn't really have a clue what it was but I just thought you know what it's something to go to let's go try it um mm. and I got up and I went and I really enjoyed it actually and I just felt like at the time I felt kind of really really down to be honest um I felt sort of a lot of of weight um in terms of like just emotion like on top of me and like building up and building up over the last couple of months and um somehow running felt really like therapeutic so i started going each week um and eventually like, i it just it become kind of more of a ha- than a habit it become like um something that i actually really enjoyed and i started running during the week as well not just at the weekends and then from that i just kind of got more and more into it i started entering races um i'd previously randomly done a 10k for charity um which i hadn't particularly trained for and then I just sort of turned up and and done and hated it and vowed I'd never do one again all of a sudden Mm. i signed up to like 5k's and 10k's and things like that and as the year progressed like I finished my PhD um I moved in like full-time working I just found running was just a great way to like balance myself um so I always say like kind of like the first time I started it I wanted to kind of physically lose weight and the second time I started I wanted to kind of emotionally lose the weight of things that I'd been going through Mm -hmm. um and then in 2017, I joined the Assets Front Runner team, which was really nice because it's like running, like when you're first starting, you don't really know a lot about it. It's quite lonely. Um, I, I didn't know running clubs were kind of the inclusive places. A lot of them are. I thought you had to be really elite to go to one. Yeah. Um, and none of my friends ran either. So I was just constantly like going around on my own. So it's sort of really nice to have people to learn from and to talk to and people who kind of accepted me in a weird way that, like I wasn't a professional runner. I didn't know anything I didn't <laughs> I didn't know anything at the time, but I like know a lot more now. I didn't know everything at all. Um, and all of a sudden I was just getting like advice and, and friends and, and things to do and places to go with running. And that was really, really fun. It was a huge turning point for me actually because all of a sudden everything just felt really accessible. Um I'd started like an Instagram account to kind of connect with other people because as I said, it felt quite I loved running but it also felt quite lonely Mm. um and and that was quite a nice way to sort of connect with others without sort of the pressure of um like the social pressure of like meeting people because I lived in quite like an area that wasn't wasn't like a big city or anything so um it definitely wasn't really like a hub of running um and yeah from that I just suddenly I thought can I can I do a half marathon I could only ever run a 10k but this person's run a half marathon and they said they'd only run a 10k at one point. And I started being surrounded with people that could kind of like lifted me and sort of made me think, Oh, hang on a minute. This, this might be possible. Mm. So from 2017, like in February, I hadn't ever ran further than 10k and then during that year I'd run my first half marathon um, and I'd mm. like trained for it and everything. And it was, it was really hard. Um, they still feel really hard. <laughs> so, but I did it. And then after that I ran another and I ran another, and then I thought, "Oh, could I run a marathon?" And it was yeah. just that constant, like wondering of, "Oh, could I do this?" And then it was just another case of people around me had had done it, and they gave me advice, and I sort of started to think, "You know what? I'll give it a try." Like, look at me last year; I couldn't do this, and then I've done the, and I've done this half marathon, so now maybe it's time to to take that step. In mm. April 2018, I went and ran. London marathon for the first because at this point. So, so how much time here. is
1: that between from zero to marathon? How, how long um, was that?
2: So kind of from only ever having ran ten K and it like, I'd only run ten K twice at that point, I think um I was normally running around five K. That was kind of February twenty seventeen to April twenty eighteen. Wow. So just over a year from kind of basically just just running as like a hobby to kind of taking it to marathon level in terms of actually having to stick to a training plan rather than just running as and when I, whenever I felt like it. That feels Um, like quite a
1: quick transition. Did it feel quick?
2: It, it didn't in a way, it felt very natural. That's the only only thing I can say is it, it kind of just, it felt like it happened quite gradually. And when the marathon happened, I felt very ready for it. And I felt like it was kind of, you know what, this is actually the right time because I always sort of, Thought that with these things and with having like goals and setting goals that like you had to have some sort of divine intervention or, or sign that you were like, oh, I'm ready. And I get loads of people ask me like, um oh, I'm thinking about doing a marathon in, in a few years. And I'm always like, what? What's making you pin that time point on it? Um, mm-hmm. And I can understand if there's kind of like other life goals or other things in your life, um, but part of me thinks that sometimes just thinking about it is actually the sign to go and do it. Like if mm-hmm. you can. Um, And I'd started thinking about it and I started kind of running more and more half marathons. And then I, I just kind of felt like, Oh, I think, I think I want to do this. And it was that point where I said, I think I want to do this to myself. I was like, actually, you know, what? I actually want to do this because I'm thinking about it. So it's, it's kind of something I know is on the horizon. Um, and from that point it just kind of spiraled really because it started with the marathon, um, and then somehow I ended up doing a hundred mile cycle because um, I'd signed up to ride London, um, mm-hmm. just kind of a bit on a on a whim, really. Like I'd seen it, and I thought, you know what, I really want to do that. I've never done anything like that before. Mm-hmm. And then I got the acceptance and had that moment of, oh, oh, what have I signed up for here? <laughs> what am I doing? Um, but I, I really enjoyed the bike, and then I spotted you can do that. The big London's classics medal, and the last thing was to swim, and I, I loved swimming as a child and so I kind of used that as an excuse to revisit that and from there it just went to triathlon then after that so it's kind of like the second time around it's stuck but I think that's because the reason for me wanting to start running was because I had an emotional investment in it Mm -hmm. Um, and it's much more than just an activity I do um, or something I talk about to other people it's actually something that's quite a really big chunk of my life really.
1: Yeah, yeah, I
2: understand that.
1: So um, can I take you back to that first marathon? So your first marathon was London, is that right? Yeah. What, yeah. what was that like? What was that experience
2: like? That was incredible, actually. I ran it for a charity. Um, so I ran it for JDRF, which is a type 1 diabetes charity, um, which one of my friends has type 1. Um, and for me, it was really special. And I think that's that was part of the reason, is when the place came up and the opportunity came up, I sort of knew um, that that was the right thing for me to do at that time because um as I said I just sort of moved to London um I moved in May actually this time in 2017 I moved um and that was a huge change for me I grew up in a tiny village in the northwest to suddenly be in this huge city and um the marathon actually goes through where we live like we live quite close to the start um we're on the route and then it went the route also goes past um Sort of it, it finished at where I worked at the time, so it felt really, really special. And um, mm. it felt very, you know, just like a very emotional day. I hadn't actually realized that I was until I started to look more and more at the route that actually I was running a lot of the route in training all the time. Um so, kind of coming down off Blackheath and coming down towards the river just sort of felt like coming home, really, like it felt really familiar. Um, and just having such a big one and getting to do the expo and things like that, it just the Atmosphere was incredible, it just felt really, really special for a first one. I, I cried like a baby at the finish line. Like, when I got there, just I was so well, I'd already started crying at um, like down embankment as well. I didn't think, I honestly didn't think you could physically cry when you were that dehydrated because it was the year when it was like 24 degrees, I was absolutely boiling. <laughs> um, and I don't know if I was crying because I was, I think I was crying because I was really, really happy to have finished. I just remember feeling this huge sense of pride, mm. but also this huge sense of relief of, oh gosh, I can never sit down now. <laughs> um, yeah, but it was it was really special. Um one of my friends did it as well um, and we went to the start together and started together. And we just remember like coming out of the gate under under kind of like the start line and we we're like holding hands, like, oh my gosh, we're doing this. Um so yeah, it it was incredible really. Um I think it's probably one of the best experiences I've had.
1: And it's, so and what have you done since then race wise? What marathons have you done since then? So after London I did Dublin. In the
2: autumn of that year, um, that was one of the ASICS frontrunner UK meetups. Um, and I hadn't intended to do another one kind of so soon, but the, the opportunity came up and I just thought, you know what, let's let's just go and do it. The one thing I did feel was I felt I had a little bit of unfinished business after London because um, the day was so hot and I felt like I faded quite quickly. and mm-hmm. um, So I wanted to kind of go out and see sort of, again the curiosity thing of what more is in sort of thing like
0: Mm.
2: and it just felt like because it sort of was a decision I made and then I had quite a brief training cycle and then I went as part of kind of a more social weekend. it felt very very different because um like the pressure was off there was a certain pressure with London of it being my first one but also running for a charity I felt like a lot of people had sponsored me and a lot of people were tracking me um so I felt kind of like a a pressure like oh you must finish like even if you have to crawl you must finish kind of thing Mm -hmm. um and with my second one in Dublin like the pressure was just completely off and um I ran with my friend Lotta and we just had an absolute blast and that was really fun it was very hilly so it's very (laughs) different to London um and it was very cold which was nice um I took I think I took about 20 minutes off my marathon time oh wow uh, that one and then that was kind of what sparked my attention of hang on a minute here like <laughs> I've sort of had a briefer training cycle and I've made a huge gain here yeah
1: um and what so do you what think that was to, down
2: to I think it was just relaxing I think it was being more confident in myself as I'd done it with London as much as I loved it there was also a little bit of fear factor in the back of my mind but I didn't know how I was going to feel the next day mm. um and I kept thinking oh how am I going to feel um what am I going to feel like it because everyone talks about the wall so I kind of had that in my head like the whole way around of
1: yeah
2: when am I hitting the wall and every single time I sort of felt I started to feel a little bit tired I was like is this the wall and it's just those <laughs> kind of like first time nerves of doing something for the first time and kind of not knowing the process a little bit mm. um and that's one of the reasons Like I write quite a lot of blogs like breaking things down and I think my marathon one of sort of what to expect in your first marathon was like one of the most popular ones because I just think there's a huge kind of unknown like you can train you can train you can train but you still have no idea um how you're going to feel kind of at the end um, and I mm. felt wiped out after London I think just because of the whole newness of it but also the heat for me as well mm. um I trained in snow two weeks prior, yeah, um, and then we had that massive, um, really hot day. Um, So I think, yeah, I think it was just relaxing more. I think it was the feeling of having more experience um, and just maybe just running with a friend as well, Um, Mm -hmm. sort of not feeling like alone. And also I didn't have a clue where I was at Dublin um, on the route. I hadn't really, I'd sort of looked at where the route went, but I think because I knew London, I trained on the route I knew where I was all the time so I kind Mm -hmm. of knew how much further I had to go um so yeah I think kind of not knowing where I was helped a lot really with that um but then after that that's when I sort of said to myself right you know what I'm a 420 marathoner I want to be a sub four and the times the time is irrelevant it's it's whatever you make of it um Mm -hmm. Some people run a marathon in kind of under three hours, some people run one in, in seven plus. Um, it's very personal to you. But for me, I just felt that this four-hour thing was this thing people talked about, and it was just it's like a a, a sort of a rounded time, if that makes sense. Like, yeah. like let's let's go break that. So I just had this crazy idea, I was like, right, let's go break that. Let's see, because I've taken 20 minutes off my London time, mm-hmm. now down to 420. If I take 20 minutes off again, that's sub four. So that's what I I pinpointed, and I went for Manchester again because it was another one of the Asics meetups, um, and it actually was on my boyfriend's birthday. So I was a bit like, can I can I go away on your birthday? Like, and <laughs> um, I think that was actually a huge motivator because I felt like um, I travelled up on the Saturday, so we did all the birthday things on the Saturday, and his birthday was a Sunday. And I think the huge motivator was for me was I am not going home uh without the time I want from this because we've kind of jointly made this sacrifice that I was going to do it on this day and Mm. I'm going to have a medal with his birthday on and therefore I'm going to have a medal with the time on it it was the only medal I've ever actually bought the time stamp for to put in the back (laughs) um it takes pride of place in our flat now so
1: (laughs) because you did it you you did Yeah, yeah yeah
2: so yeah I trained and I trained and I trained um I don't think I've ever been kind of or well, maybe until now when I'm going for half my Ironman, I don't think I've ever been kind of as sort of diligent to a training plan as what I was for Manchester. And I just was so focused on it. Um, and it's it's kind of when you sort of get to the day, you sort of take that moment to look back and you think, actually, you know what? It's been like three, four months here, like doing these long runs. Um, I mean, like on the weekends, because I didn't want it to eat into our weekends together. I was getting up at like, six to go get my long run done on a Saturday morning to have the whole weekend then kind of to myself um there was speed sessions after work there were lunchtime just easy runs like during the day there was just everything there was strength training I just threw everything I had at it really um Mm. and yeah I just remember I got to kind of I I sort of got to 22 miles and I could really start to feel it in my legs and I was trying to wrestle a gel packet open I was like I don't want to I kept saying to myself I don't want to walk because I'm really frightened my legs won't start working again and I had to kind of take a few like I had to take a quick walk break to get this gel open um, and then my legs like getting going again I was like oh this is really hard but I've got to do this Um I just remember seeing friends at like mile 25 and I was looking at my watch and you're doing, when you're going for a time or something, I just find the whole thing is just frantic maths in your head. Of, oh, yeah. We're I have counting. this time left and, yeah, yeah, I've <laughs> got to get this far and this far and I've come this far and this far, so I've got this amount of time left. I could just remember seeing the time on my watch, it crept to like four, oh, like literally four hours and a few seconds. And I was like, right, no, no. And I could, I remember coming down past a set of traffic lights towards, I could see in the distance the finish, but I knew I was still about 400 500 five hundred metres from it. I could see the time on my watch getting closer and closer mm-hmm. to four hours. I was thinking, right, that I just remember I said in my head, there is no way you came this far to come this far and to go home with with 401. I was like, there is no there's no way. And I just like somewhere in my legs, like from inside me, I just found this extra gear. And I just remember just looking at my watch and thinking right yeah, yeah yeah this is on this is on just keep going just keep going like thinking like to my legs just please don't seize up um <laughs> and I got it like 359 59 dead on <gasps> I made it just um oh my god But there's a point where I was thinking I'm just really I'm really tired I don't know if I can do this and it's that whole like that mental game of those final mm. like that final mile of a marathon feels feels longer than the whole thing Really, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's really hard and particularly when you know it's going to come up long as well because mm. there's quite a few twists and turns and I hadn't necessarily taken the shortest route um so you kind of know you've already hit the the time but you haven't officially hit the time and you're still going yeah and, and yeah you're just kind of just dragging your feet to the finish so yeah I sort of said to myself right you've got to find something here and and somewhere like my body responded to that and, and we, we got there in the end but yeah that was a huge um that felt a huge achievement for me because that yeah. was twenty, that was April 2019 so a year after I'd run my first marathon I'd taken just over 40 minutes that's amazing time.
1: that is amazing do you know what really resonates with me actually is when you were you were talking about um you know how everyone talks about the wall and I found that too, and it's. I think it can be really off-putting for first-time marathoners, and and even when it's not your first time, when it's when it's your third, you you, you have this constant fear in your head that this kind of unknown, awful thing is going to happen to you and to your body and to your legs at some point that you have no control over. And it wasn't until I spoke to a physio, uh God, eighteen months ago, and I remember him saying, "The wall isn't a thing; it's just food." And I was like, "Oh, okay." And he's going, "It's it's about." nutrition and hydration and I was like oh I I didn't I thought it just happened to every single runner of the marathon that at some unspecified point between maybe 18 and 22 miles that you would hit a awful and 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 then have to kind of slog it out and possibly throw up by the side of the finish line and I was like oh okay <laughs> I no idea
2: yeah I think that's one of the things is like you can't get inside your own head too much as well that's that's definitely something that I learned at Liverpool actually so after Manchester I'd gone to do Liverpool um where we'd met at the expo mm. and um I remember someone telling saying to me Liverpool's really hilly and I kind of had made the decision I wasn't going to look at the elevation profile um, because I didn't want to psych myself out. And I was—I went through Liverpool like the halfway point quicker than I'd gone through Manchester. Um, and like my friends who were like tracking were like, "You were flying at that point." And I got to—I got to a hill towards the end. It probably was actually, I think, mile twenty-two. I want to think. Um, and I thought oh I'm getting tired if there's more hills I'm going to just walk this one um, and then I can save something for the end and that was actually the last hill and that meant I was expecting another and the whole time I was holding something back expecting another hill and, mm-hmm. and I'd slowed myself down loads and I got onto the front and I realized I was on the Mersey. you know, like, there's no hills here. But there was a really strong headwind. So I was glad I'd saved a little bit because <laughs> yeah. like it was like, it was resistance training. It was just running into the wind. It was really grim. Um, but at the same time, when I came over in 404 and um, just kind of sort of six weeks after Manchester, I sort of thought to myself, actually, um, if you hadn't, mentally started this conversation in your head trying to psych yourself out, I probably would have just kept on going and, and not thought anything of it and probably beaten my time from Manchester. Yeah. Um but I'd got very into my head talking myself through this strategy based on the fact someone had told me there's a lot of hills. Um and maybe I should have gone and looked at the profile myself and, and made that judgment. Mm. Um, but I kind of thought, I'd, I just don't want to know. Um, but then actually, I just, I remember keep hearing that in my head uh, whenever I hit a hill and it felt a little bit difficult. I kept hearing this, oh, there's lots of hills. Um, and I just kept thinking, I've got to save something. And then I kind of got towards the finish. I was like, what was I saving this for? Like, <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's, it's about kind of taking things in your own stride, I think, and, and just kind of not letting yourself go to a place where you're you're having any negative thoughts as well. You start doing that in a marathon.
1: You you do spiral, I think. Um, I think the demons that just pop up in your head as you're running. Like, I remember running a race and I missed a mile marker. i like... So I was running along just going, why is it taking me so long to get to the next one? <laughs> I honestly thought I was running backwards. I was like, what's going on? And well, then I'm suddenly the, the next one comes up and you're like, oh, thank God for that. But for, you know, for 10 minutes, I was like, what? <laughs> I'm the queen of getting lost at races. I've taken so many wrong
2: turnings at races. Um, I've even looked at the signs and just ran the wrong way. I've got a geography degree, so that's really bad. <laughs>
1: But then, but you've gone you you then went from marathons to ultra marathons, is that right? I, uh, yes, I did one ultra um
0: <laughs> basically okay, so after Liverpool.
2: <laughs> yeah. Um it it was that whole again like, oh so what do I do now? Yeah. Um and one of my friends was doing Race of the King and I just thought you know what yeah okay um I just I think for me it was because I'd come off the back of I'd had Manchester um and then I'd kind of had a down period and then done some like kind of light training to sort of maintain my fitness before Liverpool but nothing targeted I then kind of thought to myself I'm probably actually the fittest in terms of endurance running that I've probably ever been in just with work my life is just quite chaotic sometimes so mm. I'd always fancied the idea of an ultra but I'd always been very concerned about um would I have the time to train for it um and dedicate that much time and I sort of thought well I'm probably never going to be as endurance run fit as what I I am now so you know let's go do it and I went out um I went on holiday to France for a week and did some running there um so I got used to running kind of doing kind of like 15 miles one day, 10 miles the next day and doing it back to back like that. And mm-hmm. then um, I went and did Race to the King with my friend. We did it over two days. So we kind of had like 25 miles the first day and then it was like the big 50K the second day. So I kind of didn't hit ultra marathon until the second day when my legs were already frazzled. Um, but yeah, I just treated it. I kept saying to myself, it's just a weekend of running. It's just a running, mini running holiday. Um, you'll run some, you'll walk some, eat a bit um which didn't the eating didn't really go to plan the first day um but yeah I really enjoyed that actually I would do another but not I've said to myself kind of triathlon first at the moment Mm. just because I don't want to kind of lose all the cycling and swimming that I do now really um so another would definitely be on the cards but I'm really the timing like with the first marathon the timing just felt right so I was really glad I kind of took that leap of faith and just did it that year really so to have that. Race to the King, that is that the Cotswold Way one? Is that the one that ends in Bath? No, it's the one that ends in um Winchester. Oh, so okay, I've got that it's um it's nice race
1: to the tower isn't it? or race yeah, to the stones yeah. or something. Anyway,
2: yeah okay race the King, yeah. So you start in that like, Arundel and
1: you run to kind of Winchester Cathedral. Oh nice, okay. So yeah so beautiful beautiful cathedrals between both bits basically. Yeah the scenery was spectacular. I actually
2: go back out um, to the Slinden estate quite a few Times um, I've been back out, sort of over, sort of the course of the last year. Really, like when we've been able to travel, we sort of drive down um, mm. and then just go for walks there. I've been for another trail run there. I really like it; it's so pretty, um and it feels like a real treat. And it's just like so many happy memories really Because I did it with one of my really good friends, um and she's kind of really into like trail and ultra running. So she took care of me like the whole way round because like, I definitely needed that kind of guidance I don't think I, w- I could have done it on my own really um and yes yeah, so it just like we, we we sort of we met last year when you were able to see people outside and and just went for a trail run there together and that was just really nice just really happy memories actually um and I hadn't really I'd been a hardcore road runner um sort of until really just kind of before that um I'd always been a little bit scared of the trails because I've not really got I'm <laughs> not the got the best sense of balance um i don't really like running down hills um because i just feel like i'm like i run like phoebe from friends going down a hill um <laughs> and yes yeah, so i've kind of always been a road runner just because it's always what's accessible to me being in london just pounding the pavements getting and like ticking off sessions and i think that really comes from the mentality of road marathon training of run's like a session and it's a long run mm. session and a speed session and things like that whereas trail running for me it felt like a really good way to kind of wind down after that um, and kind of take advantage of the fitness I'd gained but like really go and do something and enjoy it and actually that kind of sparked me just wanting to do a lot more trail running so whenever I can I try and get trail running, and it's not it's not that often because I don't really like doing them on my own, and um, so I kind of have to wait to find someone to go with. um And obviously, there's not an extensive amount of trails um in Southeast London, but I find what I can. But it's just it's so good for like your mind and just kind of like your spirit, really. So if you think running's good,
1: it kind of is like next level when you get on trails. I think <laughs> it's just it's incredible. I think it's it's it, It's kind of it's the double whammy, isn't it? It's, it I think you. you because I've, I've followed bits of your story on Instagram and the kind of the move from, because I remember asking that question in Liverpool in 2019. I remember saying, what's your favorite kind of running? And I, th- I remember you emphatically saying road running. And <laughs> you were probably one of the first runners that I'd interviewed who was quite emphatic about that because I'd spoken to a load of people like, oh, trail running, you know, la, la, la. And you're like, road running. And I remember really empathizing with that because I was like, yeah, me too. You know, pavements, brilliant, love it. You know where you're going you know it's all kind of black and white and and whatever um and but then i've I've seen on instagram i've seen that that shift but then there's also i think that shift with runners where they when they go from marathon to ultra because it's it's a different pace kind of literally and figuratively isn't it you know you have to it's less about what your watch is saying and and you know people people do those kind of race to the tower race to the stones things like for actual pleasure don't they it's not like a <laughs> I, mean, I enjoyed it it was great um <laughs> but
2: yeah some people like i think for
1: me it
2: was i loved roads because i just i liked kind of having that switch off time and that's the one thing i find trails is kind of like a different form of like running mentally um mm-hmm. so for me road running was about like i'm you it's just plodding like the pavement pounding the pavement with the same kind of repetitive movement. And for me, that repetition is where I actually zone out and switch my brain off a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, but that's what I find really relaxing about road running. Um, yeah. not always in London. Cause sometimes you've got to dodge pedestrians, but mm-hmm. I just find that kind of, there's, there comes a moment where like, I realize I'm listening to music and I haven't actually realized what songs I've listened to at all. I've just gone into this like state where it's just feels like really kind of relaxing. Um, and for me i don't get that relaxation of that form um, on the trail because i am so frightened of tripping over something i feel like <laughs> yeah. you have to be much more kind of aware on the trails okay. but what i do get from trails is just that whole being outdoors and being in green is very good for you and um, mm-hmm. like there's scientific like studies that have proven it's kind of has um like you sort of have like nervous system responses to being outdoors um mm-hmm. and it can kind of help you sleep better lift your mood that sort of thing but for me because I spent so much time working outdoors um Mm. and I was in a sort of I'm in quite a desk job now but previously I'd done a lot of field work that kind of felt for me it didn't feel as relaxing the thought of going for a trail but and because I was kind of box putting my life into boxes of the outdoors is work um and I'd find it more relaxing pounding the pavement but now actually that I do a more officey job and I've kind of actually realized actually hang on a minute, I really like being outside. I can combine the two here. Um yeah. and it feels much more natural for me. Whereas there was one point in my life where I mean I camped for, in Iceland for months in a tent and spent every day in the field in sort of walking boots and waterproofs. If you'd said to me then do you want to go on a trail and I would like, I just want to go sit on the sofa. <laughs> um <laughs> yeah. so yeah it's funny how like your life changes and how kind of like your sports change with that as well. It's, it's sort of your appreciation of, of things um, yeah. alters, really.
1: Yeah. And I mean, and talking of the sports that changed, like, like you've mentioned, you've, you've subsequently got into a triathlon, which I think is a crazy leap because, like, isn't that like three times as much training? I mean, yes, how you that?
2: I say to people, like, you know something, I love I loved running so much and I love sports so much that now I just decide I do three. Um, <laughs> and I do them back to back. <laughs> so yeah, it's, um, I think... The volume of training is probably been the hardest thing to get used to. Um, particularly over the last year as my workload really has ramped up. Um, even though I'm working from home still, it's it's been a it's been a very chaotic year. Um so I've sort of found that aspect quite challenging of trying to spin so many plates, but actually it's probably it's given me kind of a lot of release at a time when you can't really do a lot of stuff and um, mm. always have that that constant training in the background has been really nice for really. like the base building's been great and um, I've started sort of my 12-week countdown now to my first half Ironman and um, so I went straight in at Olympic distance triathlon because I didn't know there was any other distance really until I actually got into triathlon and realized it which is
1: another thing like there's so many things that you just don't know before you do something and um, and I think then, because sprint triathlon sounds fast and horrible, doesn't it?
2: So <laughs> well, that was the thing is, I thought you had to be really elite to do that, and you literally had to sprint. Um, mm. But actually, it's just a shorter distance. <laughs> yeah. um, you can still take it at your kind of pace. Um, but for me, I really like the swimming, um, and that's been kind of. I think like last year, I went. I started open water swimming as soon as we could, as soon as it was allowed, like in the May, mm. um, May time, and I didn't return to a pool actually for I think until sort of September. I returned to like an outdoor pool then. So I haven't swam in an indoor pool in in months really. Um, and I've been back out this year, I started going back out open water swimming in April and I, I really enjoyed that. Um, there's just something about being in open water that just really like speaks to my soul really. Um, so that's kind of the reason I love triathlon, I think. Um, the run at the end feels really hard, but it mm-hmm. just I think I've learned so much from the marathons I've done. It kind of, when things feel hard towards the end, that's sort of what it feels like in triathlon. So you, you know you're ready for it kind of thing. Um, and the bike I like, I like the bike. It feels mentally, it's my weakest discipline because it's a little bit scary sometimes, like going downhill. But yeah, I, I I do, I really like it. And it's, it's again, it felt like a really natural transition for me, I think, because mm-hmm. um, I think with marathon training, sometimes you can feel quite saturated with just running all the time, um, just running and strength work, stretching, Adding the other two, it, it does add more time, but it, I like the the variety around it.
1: And do you, do you find that the other disciplines enhances your running?
2: Um, at first I found, yeah, definitely. Um, I think the cycling has really helped. So I sort of started getting into multi-sports and cycling and the end, sort of summer of 2018 towards the end. Mm. And cycling featured quite a lot in my training for Manchester Marathon. And I honestly think that was what made the difference. That time is I did more speed work and I actually did more cycling, less running. Um, and I think mentally I was approaching my bums feeling mentally wise, like fresher and more ready for them. And um, mm-hmm. my body was tired, but my mind felt sharper and more like, like let's go kind of thing. Cause so I wasn't just running and running and running all the time. And um, now my running, it, sort of it's I'm running at like a different pace but triathlon running is different because it's running off the bike it's not going out and bashing out a really fast 5k anymore it's Mm. it's kind of a different way to run for me so but yeah I definitely feel it's they have really helped and they've really helped my endurance I definitely feel I've become better with endurance stuff whereas this time kind of a few years ago I said to you I'd I'd never run really further than 10k and I couldn't really imagine it and now it's sort of like I feel comfortable thinking yeah I have to go and do two hours or three hours um i might have to go do this run after I've gone and done two and a half hours of cycling as well so yeah it's um it it does help and I think the variety helps mentally to be honest because Mm -hmm. it's not the repetition of, of kind of doing the same things all the time and running the same routes and things like that
1: yeah i think there's there's definitely something to be said about the cross trainings in there like i I remember training for my first marathon and just doing running, and then i mean just the same same as you but 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 different. I remember training for my second and reducing my mileage massively for the second one, but doing more strength training, and it was a much more comfortable experience like everything was like, oh right, okay, so now i kind of I've worked out that that i don't I don't think I've got the the joints for the mileage that I was doing the first time around but that kind of cross training adding that in it kind of makes everything so much easier doesn't it in a way because you're kind of strengthening your I mean especially with those disciplines um but I guess my where 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 I have a full stop is cold water swimming because I just like I am such a cold person the idea of getting into a freezing cold pool or a lake or something like that how are you going to persuade me to jump into to that kind of thing.
2: I think the thought of it is definitely worse than doing it. Actually, because I mean, for me, even like just going to—I go to an outdoor heated pool, and when it's a cold day, I'm still thinking, "Oh, I really don't want to do this." And I know yeah. I'm going to get into a heated pool. Um, it kind of once you've sort of got over getting in and you've you splashed about and you've acclimatized, when you get out, you feel incredible, and you literally like feel just totally refreshed, um and the feeling lasts all day really um if you go do it in the morning um it just yeah there's something about it it the thought is definitely worse than it than doing it um but once you've done it you actually kind of feel a little bit like invincible really um I can't describe like think of like a, a runner's hat I mm. um but multiply it and, and that's kind of the feeling, like, that's definitely the feeling I have after cold water swimming. And um, the other way to convince you is um, you can buy thermal wetsuits. So I do cheat <laughs> nice. when it's really cold. I have a thermal wetsuit and I have like gloves and boots. Um, so I go in kind of uh, prepared. Some people prefer to go in, in just their swimsuit, but um, I have done it. Um, but yeah, I quite like uh, the comfort of my wetsuit. So yeah, there's ways there's ways around it, definitely. And there's also there's the promise of hot chocolate at the end a lot of the time. So
1: okay, yeah, then, yeah, yeah, that would probably swing it
2: for me. Yeah, yeah the hot <laughs> hot chocolate's never tasted as good as when you've got out of cold water.
1: <laughs> and so you've got this half Iron Man, and, and that's in twelve weeks' time.
2: Yes. Yeah. So it's in August. I was originally supposed to do Stafford. Um, it's like one of the official Ironman events, but mm. um, I just felt a little bit uneasy about such a big race and whether we would go ahead. I was supposed to do it um, in 2020. I'd booked it in 2019. Um, it's going to be kind of like three years before I actually do that race. But I was really hoping like my mum and dad would have been able to come and it was just, it was feeling quite stressful um, dealing with the uncertainty. So I thought mm-hmm. I've decided to go for a much smaller local event and um, that I've, I've run at um sort of their swim run events before so I feel confident in kind of knowing what I'm going to and, and what to expect and things like that so yeah it's a little bit later in summer now which is more time to train for it and um, mm-hmm. with the pools being closed that was quite difficult earlier this year um but yeah that's that's the goal I've got a sprint try in four weeks time yeah so that'll be kind of the, the first test of this year really um to see how that goes. But yeah, I am really enjoying the um staggered swim starts. That's been a huge plus point for me really. Um yeah. the whole like mass start of swimming where right? it's like a washing machine. Yeah. I d I didn't really <laughs> like that when I first started triathlon. I, I don't like people in my space and and all like the the kicks and just people swimming so close to you that kind of freaked me out a bit really. So the the kind of the individual starts are really great as well and um, so yeah hopefully um my race in four weeks time will be an individual swim start so that's, yeah, nice, that's what yeah. i'm working towards and then the big one in august
1: and then um and to kind of wind everything right back in again like parkrun i know you're a huge parkrun fan um so i guess you must be really looking forward to that opening up again i don't know if that would form part of your training
2: yeah i'm definitely looking for my long um Runs used to always be like a parkrun sandwich where I'd run to parkrun, do parkrun and run home. Mm. Um, so when like I kind of get the longer runs or even like the runs off the bike, there's sort of the option of getting up early cycling, parking my bike up at parkrun now and, and running parkrun. And um, mm. I just find it kind of when you've got a hard training session, trying to incorporate something that's fun and friendly really makes a huge difference. But sort of at the very base of parkrun, it's just about getting people into running I think that's really really special so I'm really looking forward to them coming back and um, running seems such a huge boom over the last um like 12 to 14 months um I definitely see more people when I'm out and about and I've heard of sort of friends taking it up and things like that so I'm just looking forward to parkrun coming back and being able to kind of welcome the regular parkrunners but also all the new people who've kind of joined our like wider running family really because it might be an experience they've not had yet. um so yeah, fingers crossed for its its return in the coming weeks.
1: Yeah, it's it, it, like we know that so many people have like so many more people have done like Couch to Five K that they've they've downloaded that app and they've done that, but they haven't been able to mark it with with the kind of classic way of marking your first five K by doing park run with all your mates. And it's it's such a shame, but it's so kind of massively anticipated. You volunteer as well, don't you? Yeah
2: I think for me actually I miss the volunteering to be honest so a lot of the times like if I had a really hard run I'd go do my run and then volunteer Um, and yeah I just kind of miss that like just cheering people on and and seeing people like turn up and just achieve things and supporting each other I think that's a huge uh, aspect of park run and that's definitely something I've missed um, while we've all been quite like socially distant from each other and that's the things I've really missed is just kind of really the spirit of running Um, Mm and it's still there and I'm sure it's there as events come back but um, there's nothing quite like parkrun I don't think Um, it's just it's very different to a race because it's not a race Um, Mm -hmm. and it's very different to going to like a club run or or a run on your own there's something just really special about it so yeah I can't wait for its return.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I entirely agree. And I haven't even, I've not spoken about um ASICS front runners at all, which we really should speak about because that's another very special community. And I've spoken to quite a few members of the front runners now, I mean, including you, obviously. Um But yeah, we've had, you know, a couple of covers of front runners and I've had quite a few interviews and I, I just, I love that community feel to the front runners and that kind of the ethos behind it so how did you get involved with them um so
2: it was very at the very start when I first started running um as I mentioned I just felt felt really lonely and I saw an advert for it on Facebook and I was a bit like I actually don't really know what this is at all um Mm. I hadn't heard of it prior to that but it was kind of the idea of like join a team um and it's like and it was just the whole language of like welcoming everybody and I thought oh maybe this is what I've been kind of dreaming of really in terms of having running friends mm-hmm. so I just applied um I applied on like the last day I think it was when I saw it and I kind of forgot about it and then I got an email so I was in and I was a bit like okay so what have I signed up I actually emailed them saying are you sure you've picked the right person here because um are you not like want like elite people and they were just like no 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 just come to Manchester meet everybody and it kind of went from there really it's been a huge part of my life um I know it kind of like the the team idea and like the marketing behind it and stuff it's it's not everyone's cup of tea and I think that's that's entirely fine. But for me it's been such a big and positive influence in my life. It's it's what inspired me to to move from ten K to half marathon and move from half marathon to marathon. It's kind of what facilitated that as well in terms of people who showed you it could be done, people who believed in you, getting advice from other people. Um and also just getting to triathlon, there's some triathletes on the team. And I've learned so much from them as well. Um, and there's always someone to kind of shout up and, and get some advice from. But also, like, especially over kind of the last, like, year, it's been such a lifeline, really. Um, like, a lot of the, the girls on the team were, were quite close as well. We chat. Um, but I've also met some of, like, my lifelong friends on there. Um, and, like, these are friends that I see Beyond the team um and when I moved to London in particular um knowing that there were team members down here I instantly had people to run with and show me where to run to come to races with me um I don't think I would have settled in down here as well if I hadn't hadn't had someone just kind of put that arm around my shoulder and kind of guide me through and that's what's really meant a lot to me but yeah we just sort of kind of support each other um you can ask questions no question is is too silly someone will always have an answer to help you or or can give you some advice or point you in the direction um but yeah I've also met some of my my closest friends on there um and like even just down to sort of when I was changing jobs a few years ago one of the girls had done something similar and like she was giving me advice it kind of transcends running and sort of it infiltrates all aspects of your life really um Mm -hmm. and yeah just having that kind of support and that opportunity to meet people has been really really incredible um I've got had some incredible opportunities to to travel as well and meet international teammates um and I really miss them I can't wait until like we're able to travel again and, and see them um because some of the girls um on the Dutch team as well I really miss mm-hmm. so it'd be nice to kind of see them again and stuff but yeah it's just for me, it's a really important support network in my running um like I have my triathlon club and um, I have my friends I cycle with, and then I kind of have my front runner friends as well and, and my friends beyond that as well Um but yeah it's just it's really the support for me is is kind of what makes a huge difference to my running like physically and mentally yeah um as well
1: yeah so i and and you've become you've become pretty influential yourself now you know on social media. Um, which is lovely to see, because I think that's, you know, everything that you're you're talking about is all about sort of, I don't know, just kind of enjoying what your body is capable of. Um, it's all empowering um, and positive. But not all of us have access to ASICS Frontrunners as a support network. So how would you, for instance, how would you support someone who didn't have that network and who was considering maybe doing couch to 5k for the first time what kind of advice do they need from someone like you
2: i think it is about like you can digest a lot of stuff online and follow a lot of people online if you're on instagram i think finding people who kind of are, are doing what you're doing and people who have done what you're doing and not being afraid to to ask questions mm-hmm. um or read blogs or watch youtube videos or even just go and join a running club um i think i was so frightened i honestly thought they would we do it just for like for fast fast being kind of whatever you make of it and um, mm. kind of runners but they're not at all go to part parkrun parkrun is is incredible um and yeah just take those steps and download the, the couch to 5k app um read magazines like women's run there's so many tips and, and things in there and just kind of take things on board and, and digest things really and kind of don't be afraid i think for me i spent I spent so much of my life hating my body and that now I kind of celebrate what it can do. And that's why I do these crazy things because I feel like because my life changed so much in terms of kind of losing weight, but really finding myself. Um, I kind of want to celebrate that and make up for what I feel is like lost time. Like I wasn't a healthy teenager and I missed a lot of opportunities in my life at that point. Um, so now it's kind of, I just do whatever I can. So like, don't be afraid. Um, you're not too slow you're not too inexperienced you're not kind of really to anything um and whether you run or you run walk um or you use couch to 5k you can go straight and, and do 5k some people are kind of bring fitness from elsewhere and are able to do that and um, it's kind of your journey and it's it's what you make of it and um just keep going and you will have like bad runs and you will have times you think why do I do this or I don't know if I'm enjoying it but just kind of focus on doing sessions that get you to where you want to be um mm-hmm. because whilst I, like I say to everybody it's, it's really important you enjoy everything you're not going to enjoy every single second like there's times I go i runs and I'm just like, I just want to be at home <laughs> kind of thing but when I'm done I'm like I'm really glad I did that I feel a lot better now and it's another step to kind of where you want to be with your goals really and mm-hmm. um, so just kind of thinking about Why do you want to run? What are the mechanisms for getting into it? But also just not being afraid, um, kind of embrace it, take the highs with the lows um, and sort of find support wherever you can get it really. And don't be afraid to ask other people because I spent so long thinking, particularly when I got into triathlon as well, I was a little bit like, I don't understand what's going on sometimes. Um, Like some term, bike terminology, um, everything just feels really confusing. Like honestly, just don't be afraid to have a go at something. Um, like don't be afraid of coming last. Like I've come, I came last at a race once. I I'd added an extra bike lap. Um, and I came <laughs> sort of in the last kind of couple of people, and it was, I still really enjoyed it. It was a great experience. Um, I was getting my money's back really. <laughs> um, and yeah, just don't be afraid. I think sometimes we put all this pressure on ourselves to to be perfect at something and actually you know what it's progress over perfection any day um just set yourself realistic goals and think about what you want to achieve and kind of go for it and yeah I never imagined if you'd asked me when I was 16 you'd run a marathon you'd run an ultra you'd actually enjoy doing it as well mm. i'd never have believed you because i'd kind of written myself off at that point that i was always going to be unfit and kind of unhappy with it Really, um so like you have the power to kind of take it on yourself to like to to change things to to take up new sports and it's kind of whatever you make of it really um just don't be afraid
1: oh i love that i love that message i i, I wish <laughs> that I'd had someone like you talking to me when I was 16 to say the same <laughs> sorts of things. But is, is I think it's lovely that kind of that running is such an in the moment activity that that kind of that mindful thing to it means that you have to be present. And, 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 and I, I love that because I, I can so often berate like not only my, my current self, but my past self. Oh, why did I do that? You know, why did I, why did I smoke? You know, why did I have this unhealthy lifestyle? Um, but instead of that, when I'm actually running and I'm there and I'm doing it, I think, God, you know what? I think I'm healthier than I was when I was 22. This is amazing, you know. So uh, I think, I think, yeah, I agree. I think that's it's such a, a lovely philosophy, which is to kind of celebrate what your body can do in that current moment. And uh, you know, it doesn't it doesn't have to be that you're you don't have to be aiming for massive distances or huge time kind of drops or whatever um you know running is just is just a just a wonderful experience just for your own kind of mental health isn't it
2: yeah absolutely for some people the goal is a marathon for some people the goal's 5k yeah for some people it might just be to run a mile um and it kind of is irrelevant what anyone else's goal is um that sense of setting yourself a target and hitting that target will bring you a huge sense of achievement um, and yeah just enjoying it and and kind of focusing on yourself and like you said not kind of being horrible to yourself really and I think a lot of the things running has taught me have have filtered into other aspects of my life it's taught me a lot about resilience um, and it's taught me a lot about kind of problem solving I've learned a lot of maths I can convert between miles and kilometers very well now Uh, something I couldn't do at school I just could not do it um I'm a better mathematician um, but also I'm a, I'm a much calmer and more balanced person actually because I have kind of a way to go and like have like a release in terms of running and exercise and things like that but also it's a bit like when you're in that kind of point at marathon where you're just hating everything and questioning why you did it because yeah it hurts and you've got a, a bit of a way to go you kind of come up with these like mentally like these resilience strategies of it might just be oh, I'm gonna walk five hundred meters, run five hundred meters, or I've mm-hmm. just got to keep going. But like it trains your brain. And I've definitely learned that, particularly over the last year with with how chaotic and stressful things have been for everybody, running's given me a lot of resilience. Um and it's a great way to process stress, and um, process emotion. Um and just kind of give yourself that that nice pat on the back of look what you went and did today. Um and As I said, not every run going to be a great run, but every run is, is a step closer to perhaps where you want to be um, or what you want to achieve.
1: Oh, see, I feel that needs to be like our strap line. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. So when's your next run then, Becca?
2: Um, so I ran yesterday, so my next one will be on Wednesday. Um, and then I have a swim and a cycle as well later this week.
1: And how far will you go for that run? I've got an hour
2: so triathlon we kind of focus or at least my coach has me focusing um on times rather than distances um, mm-hmm. at the moment so which is quite nice because marathon training i would always been like I have to go do 22 miles today and now it's like go run for an hour so I'm kind of relearning my routes because I had like a 5k route and I had a 10k route <laughs> but then depending on if you've got to do an hour easy or an hour like harder and mm. um, you can do different routes so I've, I've, it's given me a chance actually i've got quite fed up in lockdown running the same loop over and over so it's given me a chance to kind of mix it up focusing on time rather than distance
1: yeah Oh, well, that sounds lovely although apart from the swimming thing which um so lovely <laughs> it's a cool swim so yeah, oh okay oh thank you so much for talking to me becca that's been really revealing and absolutely lovely
2: no it's been a pleasure thank you for having me
1: I think the thing I love the most about Becca is the bunny thing. The first time I asked her why she called herself This Bunny Runs, I'm not sure what I was expecting her to say, but it wasn't because I've got a massive bunny. This podcast was recorded over Zoom. The editor and composer was David Newman. Please hit like and subscribe. That way you won't miss the next episode. Podcast listeners can claim the best discount we have for membership to Women's Running, which is 35% off that's less than 295 a month and for that you get our brilliant magazine and you also get loads of money of the sorts of stuff you love like brilliant kit nutrition and class memberships go to shop.womensrunning.co.uk and enter wrpod at the checkout happy running